Well, welcome to the Breakthrough Podcast here today. We have a special edition of the podcast. I'm so excited because today in the studio, my best friend, my wife of 21 and a half years, is that right? Yeah, that's correct. Is joining us in the studio today, Jackie Anderson. Welcome. Thank you. Welcome to the podcast. Thanks so much. I'm excited to be here. Do you feel special? I do. Very special. It's an honor to be on the podcast. I'm so excited. Yeah. Well, for our listeners today, we've got some uh, some special content today. Uh, Rachel is actually on vacation today. She'll be do- joining us uh, again next month. Uh, so to take her place, I decided to interview my wonderful bride and the mother of our three children. If you don't know, we've been married for 20, yeah, I just said that, 22 years coming up. And we've got three kids, teenagers, one in college. And, uh, and over the last couple of weeks at church, we have been talking about how to make relationships work and how to make marriage work. And Jackie's actually joined me on stage two out of those three weeks. And we've been talking about relationships. We've covered content like honoring each other uh, through encouragement, appreciation, meeting needs, uh, giving each other grace, making room for faults. Uh, And then we've also talked about staying interested in one another, clarifying expectations, having a vision for your marriage. We have covered some really good content. If you missed any of that and uh, you do not attend Emmanuel Church, you can catch it on our YouTube channel. Uh, If you're interested, Jack, you did a great job. Thanks. Last couple of weeks. Thanks for joining us uh, on stage, joining me on stage for that. So I thought it would be fun just to kind of continue the conversation. There's so many things we could talk about. Uh, that make our marriage work over the last two decades, that make relationships work in general, that I figured we could just keep the conversation going on the podcast here uh, and that it would be an encouragement to our listeners. So, And then maybe answer some of the questions that we weren't able to get to in this previous week uh, at the church. So yeah, why don't we jump in? Sounds good. Yeah. So what is uh, a couple more ideas or one idea that, that, that we didn't talk about at church that really makes our marriage work? Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the things I wish we could have gotten to is the idea of consistency. Uh, consistency over time, just creating what the vision of what you want your marriage to end up to be. Um, there's a great quote that says, we become what we want to be by consistently being what we want to become. And that's from Richard G. Scott. And and that's just so true. So, you know, if we consistently have um, strife and tension and arguing, then, you know, we're going to wind up with the product that we don't want. But if we consistently have, you know, practice the positive things that we've talked about in the services the last couple of weeks, uh, then, you know, we're going to end up with a, with a really sweet and a really uh, productive relationship. Okay. That's really good. So what are some things that we are consistent with that has really helped us? Yeah. One thing is communication. Um, and, and this is on a couple of different levels. I mean, tactically speaking, when you know, you're running a family, uh, you both have jobs, you have kids, you have different things going on. We, we sit down every week with our planners and try to head off the points of contention or the things that could get difficult before they happen just by simply looking ahead and seeing, you know, who needs to be where, when, when are we going to have dinner later? What nights, you know, are people not going to be around? And just having that communication on a, on a weekly basis. Um, additionally, just daily communication of just, you know, keeping up with each other, you know, what, what's going on in your day today and, and how can I help you today? Um, so that's on a tactical level, but also on a, an emotional level. 
just keeping those lines of communication open on a consistent basis and uh, not shutting down, not allowing that to happen, I think has been huge for us. Mm, good. Yeah. What else? Uh, the second area that I think sticks out to me is consistency in the area of intimacy. Mm-hmm. And now, this um, is for married couples we're talking to. Correct. Yeah. yeah, for married couples. And I think that a lot of couples get into trouble when you feel like intimacy, you know, you, you see it on TV and in the movies, and it's supposed to be like, Uh, spontaneous and out of the middle of nowhere and, you know, just this unplanned, like really romantic thing. And and when you both work full-time jobs, you have a couple of kids, you realize really quickly that that, there's not a lot of spontaneity there. (laughs) You know, it comes to the end of the day and you're tired, you know, you're wiped out. And so um, we've realized that we can't, we have to be consistent. And um, by consistent, I mean, you know, you get out your, your planner you look at your week and you say, what, what is the most, what is the time that makes the most sense that we can carve out to protect this part of our marriage? Because it's so important. We can't leave it to chance. Mm-hmm. We can't leave it to, you know, like, well, maybe, you know, well, if we have time, well, if we're not tired, well, if we don't have a headache, you can't, you can't leave it up for that. You have to, you have to plan it. And so we've done that and it's worked really well for us. Um, it's been a great blessing uh, because my job is I have a flexible schedule and Danny has a day off during the week. And so typically up till COVID and the joys of e-learning, uh, we've had that time during the week where we can, you know, carve out that, that time for intimacy, but it, it's, we had to get a little bit more creative more recently. So I know what you mean by that, but for our listeners, um, what, what does that look yeah, like? So, um, so we're really blessed right now that we have two kids at home. One is gone at college and uh, one of the ones at home drives, has a driver's license and has a car. And so um, we say, hey, you know, we're going to treat you guys to lunch and you're going to get to study out of the house for a little bit, pack your bags. We're just not going to go with you. So here's some money. Go find a place that has dine-in seating. Wi-Fi. The Wi-Fi, you can hang out, take all your stuff, and, you know, we'll see you in two hours. Yeah. Have fun. And I think it's been good for them. Have fun I, so that we can have fun. <laughs> exactly. Gotcha. Um, I think it's been good for them, too, because, you know, they're they're a boy and a girl, and so they don't necessarily, they're not, they're not really going to hang out together, mm-hmm. uh, you know, because they want to. Uh, so it's kind of forced them to do that. And I think that it's going well. I think they're having fun and it's been good for them too. That's great. So communication, intimacy, what other areas are we consistent in that builds that sweetness, that love mm-hmm. that's accumulated? Yeah, I think dating and vacations is another area mm-hmm. that's really important. And, um, Dating just in the sense of, you know, getting away from the kids or sending the kids to grandma's or, you know, in some way carving out a time. Getting a babysitter. Getting a babysitter and just, you know, you don't have to spend a ton of money. You know, you don't have to be going to a really nice restaurant. You you know, when our kids were little, we did it on a very tight budget. Mm-hmm. But the important thing was that we got away. A lot of days we just sat in Barnes and Noble. Yes. And read free books. Yes. And, but we got away and we were able to kind of talk about, you know, what's going on, what's happening this week with us, between us, with our family, and just carve out that, that time to uh, remember the point of this relationship 
and how it's so important. Uh, and also vacations. Um, Danny, you talked a little bit about in one of the services about the 777 uh, that we've always tried to do. And we don't always get that perfect, uh, a date every seven days, a trip away every seven weeks or like an overnight and then an actual vacation every seven months. I mean, or you leave the kids home. Yeah. 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 Um, we don't always get that perfect, but we try to get close We've to that. We've been consistent with we that. We have, yeah. yeah. And we talked, you talked more in the service or we did about um, how to make that happen. And I'll just say again, it, it doesn't have to be, um, you know, a trip to the Caribbean or, you know, something really tough on the pocketbook. It can, you, you need to be creative. Yeah. But the point is figuring out that time and prioritizing your marriage relationship above the other relationships. I will say this. It's hard. Mm -hmm. Leaving your kids is hard. Getting a babysitter is hard. Mm -hmm. uh, it's not easy, but it's worth it. Yeah. So um, I know a lot of times when we're getting ready, there have been times I feel like, you know, this is just so much work. It's just like we should just not go. It's not worth it. But when we do get away, I always realize, no, it's totally worth totally. it. Totally. Yeah. yeah. I heard somebody say one time, you can pay for babysitters or you can pay for a divorce lawyer. Yeah. Either way, you're going to pay. One's a little bit more affordable than the other. So <clears throat> that's really good. Consistency. One of my favorite quotes is by Tony Robbins. He said, it's not what you do every now and then that makes a difference. It's what you do every day that matters. And so we try so hard to be consistent with our communication, uh, our intimacy, and with our, with our dating. So really, really good. What else? So what's something else that we do that that uh, makes our marriage work over, over the last, you know, two decades? Mm -hmm. uh, I think spiritual growth is a big, is a big one. You know, if both spouses in the relationship are Christ followers and both are seeking God and looking to become more like Jesus, which means you're growing in love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. I mean, who doesn't want to be around that person, mm -hmm. right? And if you're both becoming this person who is patient, kind, slow to anger, understanding, empathetic, then you're just going to have a sweet marriage. Uh, I think growing in, in your spiritual and your spiritual growth, it, it really uh, helps our security and our identity. You know, if our identity is in Christ and we're focused on us being a follower and a child of him, we're much less easily shaken when troubles come. Uh, I think, you know, back to when we were first married and if you would come home at the end of the day and you were like quiet or just kind of in a funk or just, you know, not all, you know, not normal, mm -hmm. I would oftentimes attribute that to me. Like, well, I didn't do anything wrong. You know, why is he treating me like this? Why is he upset with me? Why? And then I would withhold um, affection, compassion, patience, and from you, which is the thing that you needed the most because usually it was something that happened at work or, you know, something that happened with a friend, something that made you sad. And rather than talking about it, you were still processing it mm -hmm. and figuring it out. And I assumed that that was, you know, you were upset with me or for something. Mm -hmm. And so with spiritual growth, I've grown in my maturity and my security and my identity in Christ to know that, you know, when you come home and that, and you're in that space, like that's okay. Like I still love you. And I, and I will say that 
sometimes it's an, it's an outside work issue. And then sometimes it is me. Sometimes I did do something wrong, but you know, if we're working through that, my, my growth in Christ has allowed me to love you through that mm-hmm. and to, to kind of meet you where you are. And the same with me, you do that with me as well. Yeah. Yeah. I think, uh, I know not all of our podcast listeners are believers or followers of Jesus, so this the, this idea of growing spiritually can be easily transferred or or understood as as personal development, personal growth, growing through the things that that you struggle with, whether that's uh, you know past pain, um, you know limiting beliefs, insecurities, jealousies, whatever those things are that cause your relationship to be difficult, addictions. Uh, toxic behaviors. Uh, it could all be clumped into, you know, growth as a person. I know that one of the big hangups early on in our marriage was um, was really my pride. And, you know, when we would have a disagreement or a fight, you know, I would get my pride hurt and you wouldn't, you know, come to my side of the issue or, you know, I felt like you would disrespect me or whatever. And then my ego would get hurt and then, then that would cause, now the fight's about my ego, not even about the issue anymore. And I just remember thinking, I've got to figure that out. And what, what God took me on is a journey of repentance and humility um, and just kind of shedding, hopefully, <laughs> all of that pride, probably not, uh, but a good portion of that pride, uh, you know. And, and now that I've, I've kind of worked through some of that, we don't have that argument, you know, we don't have that same type of cyclical argument we had in the first decade, I would say. Yep. Uh, and, 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 and I attribute that to letting Jesus take the, you know, the control and the lead and trying to put on the character of Christ. And, you know, one of the big aspects of, of Jesus's character is humility. And uh, so, and he tells us to, to humble ourselves. And so, uh, yeah, I mean, spiritual growth has, has been, uh, one of the major things that has helped our marriage to work over over the last two decades. It's really good. Mm-hmm. Any other thoughts you want to add to that? Yeah, I think that when you're growing, you know, in Christ, the Holy Spirit is working in you and it, it just, he helps you avoid trouble. So you're not saying the thing that you want to say. You're not responding in the way that you would normally want to respond. Uh, and and then if you do, you're when you when you are, growing in Christ, you're more quick to come back and say, Hey, I'm sorry for the mm-hmm. way that I behaved. To apologize. Yeah. Yep. And to be humble. And so, uh, you know, when you're growing spiritually, the Holy Spirit is actually alive and active and working in you to help you with all of life, including your marriage. That's really good. Okay. Well, let's dive into a few questions we were not able to get to. Uh, and these, these should be pretty fun. I'm going to ask you. Sounds good. Is that good? Okay. Yeah. Here's a question that came in. What do you do if the relationship is toxic? When do you know that it's time to move on? Okay. So I think we have to clarify first what kind of relationship we're talking about first. Are we talking about a marriage relationship or a dating slash engaged relationship? Mm-hmm. Um, I think the easier of the part of the question is if you're dating and engage or engaged and you know that this relationship is toxic, then you know it's time to move on. The it's answer time to is run. run. Yeah, get out of there. Um, there's a there's I don't know who quote whose quote this is, but it's the best divorce is the one that happens before the wedding. I think I probably said that. Oh wow. Yeah. Okay, attributing that to you. 
That's very impressive. It's not very humble. No, I didn't say that. That's somebody else's quote. <laughs> uh, but, you know, if you know that you, and you know deep in your heart that this relationship isn't working, the answer is not to say, well, you know, we've already got a date on the calendar and, you know, we've ordered the invitations and there's a dress and, you know, like all of these people are expecting to show up at our wedding that is not a good reason to move forward. Right. You know, just disappoint the people, but you'll save yourself. You'll save the rest of your life. Um, yeah. So if I they're think, dating, if they're dating or, or engaged and their relationship is toxic. Yeah. Uh, I, I, just remembering as we were talking with the staff, you know, one of them said uh, when he, before he came to work here at Emanuel, um, he, he said, I couldn't at my old workplace. I was so surprised at the amount of people, coworkers that I had, that that was the, the stance that they took. Like, well, well I, it was just the next step to take. And I knew it wasn't maybe the best or the healthy relationship that I wanted, but I figured we'll just go through with it and, you know, see what happens. It'll either work out or we'll just get divorced. Mm -hmm. That's amazing. Yeah, that floors me. Mm -hmm. That floors me because it's literally after following Christ, it's it's the most important decision that you can make yeah. because you're hooking your train up with this person Yeah. and you're with them. You're committing to spend the rest of your life with them. And if they are unhealthy and toxic and they are showing no signs of growth, um, then just don't, don't hook it up. Yeah. Okay. So what if they're already married? Okay. Well, that's where it gets a little bit trickier. And I f don't feel like we can make a blanket statement uh, because you have all sorts of situations here in this, in this bucket. Um, you know, I think the best thing, there are a couple of resources that we uh, can reference. And one of those is the book Boundaries by Henry Cloud and John Townsend. And I think that get, is a great resource for maybe learning how to deal with your spouse's behavior and helping them understand that they need to fix it. They need to make some positive changes. Uh, the second is uh, called Loving Your Spouse When You Feel Like Walking Away. And that's by Gary Chapman. And in that book, he he does a great job of, you know, uh, addressing some common things that he's seen in his, I don't know, 30 years of, of marriage counseling and therapy. Uh, so those are some great resources also, we would say go to counseling, get a counselor, get a third party involved because, um, you know, you need someone to help you walk through this. And uh, it, it, it's sometimes a lot easier to have someone on the outside who's not in it when you're in it. Gosh, there's just so much. Um, there can be trauma and there can be just all of this other stuff, anger and frustration and insecurity wrapped up in that you can't see clearly. Right. So a lot of times it's it's really helpful to have a third party. Um, but there are some some examples biblically um, that that is okay to leave. Yeah, like for it. example, you know, if there's been infidelity or cheating, you know, the Bible is clear on... The fact, the reality that you know you can walk away from that marriage, and I don't, I don't def, I don't uh, recommend that um, just because there's been cheating. I think we should try to work it out and, and and seek forgiveness and reconciliation. But if if that's not an option, you know you haven't sinned if you walk away from a spouse who's cheated on you. Um, I think there are other scenarios that would would that where I have recommended that you know when they're married and there's some sort of abuse going on that is hurtful or harmful or there's something dangerous taking place uh, where I have recommended a spouse to temporarily leave 
and and get out of there, stay with a friend or, you know, uh, get someone involved to so that there is a separation, not necessarily recommending divorce, but man, you got to get away from this. This has become way too toxic, even though you're married, uh, and then try to work it out, uh, from, from, uh, with some distance between the two of you. So, um, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's not clean and cut, but, uh, you know, um, I definitely encourage people to, to exhaust every, uh, option to try to work the relationship out before they, before they end it. That's good. good. I like the resources. Those two books we can put in the show notes at the, at the bottom of the podcast as well. So, okay. Another question that came in, it's kind of a interesting one. What are your thoughts about TV in the bedroom? TV Mm. in the bedroom. TV in the bedroom. For us, that has been a on and off kind of a situation. It seems like we did for a couple years and then we didn't. And we do currently. Um, I think there's pros and cons to that. And each couple needs to take it based on their specific situation. Um, One, a couple of the pros that I think we experience, we enjoy is that when we are watching TV at night, we're we're watching it together Uh, and our kids usually aren't in the room. And so it's a little bit of a bonding. Like if you're, if you're going to engage in some sort of media in the evening, it's better to, yeah, enjoy a show together rather than scroll separately on your phones or whatever. Um, Or one person watches TV in the bedroom and the other person watches TV in the, in the living room. And now it's like, you might as well let them be married. Right. (laughs) Sometimes it's hard to find something that we're both interested in. Well, what about that Tiger Woods episode thing we're watching right now? Yeah. That two part. Man. Yeah. It's hard to watch. That's yeah. tough. Yeah. But I mean, I think, it, you know, just the act of, of sharing in that in the evening, it, it does give us something to talk about mm-hmm. the next day. And, and sometimes it's like, oh my gosh, can you believe what happened? Remember we watched Stranger show? Things? Yeah. That That's was, a good one. Wow. Yeah. We shared that. We have that in common. Yes, we do. We do. So, um, but there are a couple, you know, studies show that, that screens, they can disrupt your sleep cycle. Mm-hmm. Uh, too much blue light or screen time before bedtime can, can mess with your REM. And, and the other thing is that it can be a distraction from intimacy. Mm-hmm. You know, if we're so engaged in this show or whatever it is that we're watching on TV every night, we have to keep up and do the next episode or whatever. Um, it's just, you know, if you're having to choose between watching a show and having sex. Yeah. yeah. That's a no-brainer. <laughs> yeah. yeah, for sure. Uh, so our advice is that if you are having trouble sleeping or if you're not having enough sex, then get the TV out of the bedroom. Get it out of there. Okay, here's what I, here's the only thing I'll add to that. Um, a lot of people struggle with self-control mm. on a lot of different issues, but specifically about television. People binge watching stuff. Uh, not being able to turn it off. Like, and, and the reason why we have a television in our bedroom is because we have very good discipline around the television. Like we watch one show a night and we turn it off and then our, like we're basically the lights are out in our bedroom at 1030, sometimes earlier than that, sometimes later than that, but we're not staying up like, oh, let's watch another one. Let's watch another one. Let, and then before you know it, you're losing sleep. And you, you're grouchy in the next morning. Like we don't, we don't let that happen. So, um, if you're not, if you're not self-disciplined around television, then then you you know get it out of there. If it's going to hurt your your sleep patterns or whatever, like you mentioned. Um, so I think a lot of it has to do with self-control, don't yeah, you think? I think? Yeah, I think too, um, for us, we have pretty strict boundaries about what we'll watch, mm-hmm. which makes it difficult to find something uh, with Netflix and, and Prime and just, you know 
Because there's so much trash. Yeah. Yeah. So sometimes we're, we are going through three or four shows before we actually find one that was like, okay, we think this is going to be clean enough to watch. But uh, we've just chosen to put that boundary in, you know, that we're, we're not going to consume shows and television that have, that have nudity, nudity or, mm-hmm. or any type of sexual content. It's mm-hmm. like, well, let's, let's, we don't want that in our bedroom. It's like inviting naked people into our bedroom. Right. I mean, I don't know if people have thought about that before, but that's not, that's what you're doing when you're watching that. So yeah. uh, not, not a good idea for, for a marriage. Mm-hmm. Excellent. Well, uh, another question that came in. What advice do you have for singles uh, who can who are, can use their time being single to prepare for marriage? You go first. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, I think that using the time before you get married can be huge, can be like gr- greatly... Um, I don't know what the word is I'm looking for. You can you can use it to your advantage. Um, and what I my advice to you, and this is not coming from experience because I was 20 when we got married. Yeah, I, sw- I swept you off your feet, if you recall. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Now we have a 19 year old. I can't imagine. No. No. Mm-mm. Um, <laughs> the first thing I would my advice would be to make a list of what you want in a spouse, and I did do this, uh, and and make a list of what you want. So their character, integrity, you know, what kind of personality do you want this person to have? What kind of, you know, level of positivity, all of these different things. And then... Well, tell the story. Tell the story about how you you made the list. I did. I made a list and you you had almost everything on the Mm. list. Yes, I did. Just about everything. He's not musical. That was, yep. So that that's the one area that I chose to overlook because uh, there were so many other good things. I can become musical. <laughs> I'm not sure about that. <laughs> no, but <clears throat> now in in your defense, you overlooked something too. I did. Yeah. What did I overlook? You can't think of it. Oh yeah, that's yeah, that's a big one. Should I tell everybody? I mean, if you think, if I well, think yeah. we're well, thinking the same thing. I don't know that I put it on my list. It was more of a, like a, a given expectation when I, you know, just because I'm kids and everything like that. Right. So what Jackie's referring to for our listeners here is um, when I first met her, she's like 5'11". And the first time I saw you, you were like jogging across campus. And I was like, who is that tall blonde girl? She's got to be like a volleyball player, basketball player. Oh my goodness. I am going to date her. And uh, come to find out after we fell in love, um, you really don't have any athletic ability at all. Whatsoever. (laughs) Fortunately, I had him hooked before he figured that one out. I think we were actually married before you actually saw me try to jump. Yes. And And that's when you knew. Throw a ball. It's like, what was that? (laughs) You knew our kids were going to need some extra help. Yeah. Yeah. But you make up for it in so many well, different thanks. ways. I appreciate that. Okay, back to back to what we were talking about. So make that list, you know, and you can overlook some of the things that aren't necessarily a must-have. Vital. And and, and then not, don't just stop there. Don't just stop with making the list, but be the things on the list. So if you want someone with high levels of integrity, be that person. If you want someone who knows how to build deep and lasting relationships, do that. If you want someone who has a great personality and loves to have fun, then then become the the things on that list. And I, you, you know, you will attract someone. That, and that's similar. the key. You're going to attract that type of person if that's who you are. Mm-hmm. And that's just a, a law of, of 
human nature. You know, we, we were attracted to the people that were like, we definitely did that on our front end. I know I did that for sure. And I said, I want somebody that is Christ-centered. I want someone that wants to have a family. These were these were early conversations that you and I had. We both wanted to have children. We both wanted to keep Christ at the center of a relationship. Um, and I'm like, oh my gosh, this is a girl I want to marry because those are all the things that were at the top of the list for me. Uh, so yeah, and you, you mentioned earlier about um, being single and taking advantage of that time. Yeah, definitely. Ta- and, talk a little bit about that. Yeah, and I would the the second piece of advice, and this is where I, you know, we really didn't get to do this because we were so young when we got married. Um, but would just be to to do the things you can do, travel. Um, get involved in a mission or, or some sort of organization that's bigger than yourself and, and be able to and serve, uh, make some great friendships. Cause you, you really have some time to pour a lot of yourself into those relationships. Don't, I guess the bottom line is don't feel like life doesn't like that life can't start until you get married because mm-hmm. that's not true. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and once you get married, a lot of those things become a lot more difficult. They do, yeah. You know, the traveling becomes more difficult. Friendship outside of marriage becomes a little bit more challenging. Not you can't, not that you can't do it. It's just that a lot. It's a lot easier when you're single to do those things. For sure, yeah. for sure. So, you know, think of the things you want to do, and you know, make a list and, and get them done. Mm-hmm. That's good. Okay, I've got one last question. It's a little juicy. Hold on. I think you there was something I remember us talking through about preparing for marriage is what should you not do? Those were two things oh, that you I should about do. That. Yeah. But what, what's something that you should yeah, avoid? Yeah, f- for sure. Before we get to the juicy question, um, I would definitely stay away from sex. I mean, not just because the Bible says that sex is for marriage. Yes, it says that. There's a reason it says that. But when you are single and if you're being intimate with whoever you're dating at the time, which is the expectation of the culture today by far, that you're just going to have sex just to kind of see if it works and even whether you're dating or whatever, um, you, you're, you're, giving, you're giving your body away to somebody. You're giving away the most important thing that you possess. And, and it's not just physical. It is spiritual. Um, the scriptures talk about how when two people are sexually intimate, there is a soul bonding. You become one flesh, which is why breaking up after being intimate is so incredibly difficult because that person has a piece of your soul through physical intimacy. And so I would recommend or, or coach people like save intimacy for your wedding night practice abstinence. That may sound old school, that may sound archaic, but there is a reason that God puts that in the Bible. Uh, and, you know, by God's grace and mercy, we were able to wait till our wedding night. And I'm so glad that that we did that. And so I would recommend that that uh, single people do that. That's great. Did you want to add anything nope. to that? It's great. I think you covered it. It was tough though. Yeah. You kept kissing on me all the time. Okay. We'll move on. So here's the juicy question, okay? This one came in. Is there, as a, this is to married couples, okay? Um, what, is there anything that if you're, if you're both, let's see if I can phrase it right. If, if uh, is there anything that would dishonor God in your marriage sexually? Uh, and specifically, the question goes on to say, um, if your wife or husband's traveling, can we use video for, to do that, you know, and so, I mean, it came in. I wanted to answer the question. Yeah, go for it. No, you go. <laughs> uh, 
Um, I'm going to let you take the lead on this okay. one. Right. <laughs> okay. So I, I, if you're married, um, I don't think it's sinful to, to use video. If you're separated, I don't, I don't think you can say it's a sin or it's wrong. I think it's dangerous. I would not recommend it um, because you don't know where those videos are going to end up. Your kids pick up your phone. You're just, uh, it just, you're asking, in my opinion, it's not sinful. I think you're asking for trouble. I'll just leave it at, at that. What What are your yeah, thoughts? Yeah, I'd agree with that. Um, I think if there's a you're you're kind of dancing around a a da- crossing a dangerous line um, with with that. Uh, and if his, both spouses are okay with it, and you feel like it's uh, you can protect that information from getting Which into is the impossible. wrong hands, right? In our um, world today, I mean, I think. I think the people who own all the cell phones, I think they're watching or listening or something. Yeah, that's kind of creepy. Oof. Is that where you were going with that? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, I think it's dangerous. Um, and again, I mean, we don't we don't speak, we can't speak to we like how much is the traveling? Are we traveling for two, three weeks at a time? Or are we traveling every week from Tuesday to Thursday? You know, I, I think it depends on the person's situation, mm-hmm. you know? And I think if we're looking at, you're out of town for, for two nights every week, then just, you know, save your intimacy for the times yeah. when you're together. Okay, but let's if we're say, apart me, for a month at a time, yeah. then that might be a different story. Well, let me push back on you and just say, what if it's like a, say, like a military family and it's like six months? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Make I mean, it hard for you. Yeah, for hard sure. Question. Yeah. Yeah. I do. I do think that if both spouses are on board, you need to do what you need to do to keep uh, things alive. And I think that you, you know, traveling and figuring out how to get get together every once in a while is important too. It's good. It's good. Well, I threw that one at you. You did. Uh, You're a great sport. Thank you so much for joining me today on the podcast. You're probably our best guest here. Wow. That is really, that is such a kind thing for to say. And I appreciate you having me. It's been uh, really enjoyable. Hey, podcast listeners, uh, just wanted to, um, say thanks for tuning in. Thanks for listening. I hope this was a blessing to you today. And I want to thank my wife one more time. And I cannot wait to join you again next month on the Breakthrough Podcast. Have a great day.